How's it going, y'all? This is Paul Bradford, also known as Paul B in the NBA 2K community. And this is Paul's Points. This is the eSports podcast, which catered toward the NBA 2K Prime community. I just want to shed a light on the community and interview like guys that are coming up in the ranks looking to make the NBA 2K leagues, whether it's like season four prospects, even current NBA 2K league players, they wanted to just talk about like state of the league and stuff like that. So it's just an eSports show just catered to the NBA 2K Prime community. And I thank y'all all for listening. Thank you. How's it going, everybody? This is Paul B. Back with Paul's Points. And tonight on my show, I have a special guest, a guy by the name of LT. He's um he's kind of known in the 2K community. He's been doing like a little like scouting reports here and there. And tonight we want to discuss uh, this past weekend actually the uh, 2021 NBA 2K League draft happened, and it was a very interesting draft this year, man. Like a lot of um a lot more people got picked back up that a lot of people didn't think of and everything. So we want to discuss things like that. A lot of surprising picks happened. Everybody knows obviously the number one of our big craziest players, like gaming. But just things of that nature, you know. We- International players got picked up. A couple women gamers got drafted as well. Want to dive into that? But it's pretty much coming to the show tonight. We're going to just dive into the, um, a lot of the um, aspects happening this past draft, and then we'll get into it. So LT, like I was, like I said, man, this past weekend's um, 2021 NBA 2K League draft happened. Uh, what was your biggest surprise of the draft? What do you think? What's like happening to you that was like big surprise? All right. So when we say big surprise, we're thinking what like draft snubs, or are we thinking just people who got drafted let's go snubs because there's a lot of snubs i want to get into there's a lot of definitely a lot of snubs i think the number one snub that everybody's gonna think about or okay i'm gonna say no two snubs that everybody's gonna think that are automatically in everybody's hat, head as far as competitive players are gonna be killy and idris everybody is definitely for sure is confused as come by all means that those two go undrafted and then from a a fan base and community outlook. This is like where I kind of looked at it a bit deeper than, you know, just as a player, which I think is a snub because the way, obviously we know in the 2K community, right? There's the aspect of the stage players and the stage wagers pool. I want to say 60 to 75% of the, all the Twitch aspect, all the, I mean, the views, like all the viewage really goes towards wagers and stage and such like that. And I think for the league to really make their step into that gateway, Fanta was a pick. Like not only is Fanta a good player by all means, but the best way I could, you know, really explain somebody like Fanta is a poster boy. And he was really their gateway to getting involved with that stage community. So to see him not drafted is very weird to me. You know, I understand, yes, there were better options player-wise and skill-wise, but just what the be- the other benefits he brought to the league seemed a bit odd to me to see him go undrafted. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because they actually he streamed, like, uh, it was yesterday he was, I was in a stream watching him talk about it, and apparently some issues happened where he um, always stuck for an interview or something like that, and, like, he was talking to a few um, community leaders about the situation, and, you know, they told him, like, you know, they probably could have, like, caused the issue. Even still, all of them agree. Even still, that thing happened. He probably still should have got drafted. But I, I haven't agreed to it as well. Like, you know, professional standpoint, I guess they must have saw that and looked at it. Okay, the professors, the interview you might be, you know, they slipped the interview, you might sleep through a meeting or something or a super practice, anything like that. I mean, that could be when I'm not sure if that's what they thought, but you know, they, it's like a little stigma now. Like, who knows? They could have, you know, he's young guy too. So they could have probably thought they could like roll over into the seasons. No, but nobody really knows though. But like, you know, I like to say he talked to the guys like Dave Frost for that. They talked to him about it. They told him that this might be a, a wake up call for him. No, not a good thing to happen to him. You know, he knows now that he can't do that anymore. The next year, he try to if he goes for it again, you know, he'd be more professional. No, like you know, not to, you know, miss um interview or anything like that. You know, it might be the best for him. But I, I agree with like everybody said. Like I wish he would have got drafted still. He's great at content, like you mentioned. The stage guys always have great like great viewers. Even last time I was in the stream, like a thousand viewers watching him talk about this whole situation. Like not, just not to even talk, plan, literally just to talk. <laughs> not even playing the game, literally just to talk. So I'm like, yo, that's crazy. So like. Even for even six man, it went there for content purposes, just to like help the league grow and viewership wise and stuff. Like, who knows, man? You know how last year, like, uh, a guy like just got a late call in the league. Who knows? He could make somebody happen to a player had to go home early or something. Well, like, he might get a call. Who that, knows? Uh, when we were talking about it on Twitch earlier during the draft, we had brought that up, and I'd seen a tweet about somebody else who had brought it up. I can't think who brought the tweet up, but they they mentioned like FTW story, right? Goes undrafted comes in late into the league with he ends up playing i believe six games in the league right Mm -hmm. and averages 35 points a game across those six games 
and then became a retained player because of it. Like there is still a lot of opportunity for, you know, a lot of players. I mean, and we can a hundred percent say, and I, I will stand by this statement that this year's draft had the most skill, like the highest skill level of players that the 2K league has seen. You think so? When it comes to the draft all the way through, all three rounds, right? Not just your, your first round picks. It, when you say players all the way from very first pick to the 63rd, you did not, there was not a single player that really is bad at the game picked or somebody that made you just question like whether or not they could hoop. At some point in time, you have all seen that person that got drafted who all the way down to the 63rd pick. I can, I can see that. I don't think I would say differently. I was I, I still think maybe season – I don't know, season one and season two, both I think had the better PG overall. You got my, guys like but Mamba, Fab. Okay, like, yeah, we talking PG. That's sp- sp- position, you know, specifics. Mm-hmm. When we talk as an overall draft, I think there, there wasn't a weak link. Okay, I, I, okay, that's a good point. Because season one, a lot of guys like that got drafted. Right, and, and, and no you more. know, like a lot of those season one and season two guys, especially at the PG position, like you mentioned, are mm-hmm. still in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, those are retained players for, say, a lot of your other position players that guys who were in season one, season two are not in the league. They're unretained players now. And now those higher skill level, say, shooting guards, locks, power forward, centers came in. You know, like Crush last year is a perfect example, right? Didn't didn't I don't believe he even went for the league season one or season two. I could be mistaken, it's just a guess, but then comes in and is what I believe drafted number two overall? Number one? Was nah, it one or it's it was, I know it's it top definitely three. Wasn't that, yeah, it was number one or number two because Duck and uh, JB yeah. went went number one two. I think it was top, I think it was number three to the Kings, though. I think you're definitely right. I think it was three. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where – and, you know, now we see it this year with Crazy, right? Because these point guards with league experience are already in the league, they are retained players, you're seeing all these other skill positions now be your number one overall picks, your top ten picks. You're not seeing a lot of these point guards go who are – whether or not they're dominating in post-draft or whatever it is, you're not seeing a lot of these point guards because a lot of those dudes have solidified their positions. Now it's about those other people. Can you solidify your skill set and stand out at these other positions? And, you know, your people like crazy or people like uh, I'll use like top tier crown as far as a passing center. Right. You know, it Mm -hmm. grabs attention. You you're doing something that other people at that position aren't doing. That's definitely. I see, I see you coming from an independent um perspective. I didn't think about it like that, but overall draft, like you said, is more skilled positions to get a draft now. Because like I said, all the PGs are now taken up. But that's another question I have for you as well too. Like you saw, like a guy like um, Radiant got traded for the uh, number four overall pick. You know, like he was their PG for all those years. So why do you like a guy like Sav as well? Averaged thirty points a game last year for Lakers game and got traded for number seven overall pick. Why do you? Why do you think those like those trades happen? Are we surprised by those trades? So the way I'm kind of looking at those trades per se, right, mm-hmm. is Radiant and Sav are your big time scorer PGs. Okay. And the way – obviously, I can't speak on the aspect because I've never played that actual league build of the game. I've only played, you know, say, like the custom version in retail or whatever. But a lot of those big-time scoring PGs do great in the retail version of the game. But then when it comes to league build, if they don't get their – say their first two or three shots to go in – or their first two or three dunks, whatever, you know, like those first, that first initial momentum hit, right? Mm-hmm. They end up struggling for the entire game. And that's where you then have to take a step back as the PG and not just be that big scorer. You have to be, okay, how can I get the, uh, these other players involved to draw some tension, attention away from me so that then I can make my opportunities a little bit easier? And people like Sav, Radiant, they – they're not those kind of players and it's not a knock on them by any means because any given day they can give you 40 without a question any given day and you know this goes back to uh, a close friend of mine somebody I love to death I'm happy as hell he got drafted walking bucket right getting drafted to Celtics well now you have him and FTW as a duo in the backcourt and both of them are two players who are gonna impose their will as scorers so 
with them having the dual option with with that draft, if FTW is not having it, okay, hey, Bucky, it's time for you to, you know, take that big step. Be who you are, especially because we know uh, if I'm making an educated guess with all the times I've watched Bucket play, if you put Bucket on an ISO, he gives you – he gets some type of shot up or some type of opportunity up 65% of the time, whether it's a pass to a corner, a standing lob, or him fighting for the midi. The get, dude is amazing at getting into the midrange. So when, say, we'll use Sab, right, you know, with the, the Lakers last year, they they couldn't find any movement as far as a whole five people running within an offense. You know, it was a lot of the time Sab rim running like crazy for the most part at the beginning of the season, then started working in the three-pointer when he moved to the play shot build. But a lot of the time it was all of Sab's passing and everything were, I don't mean to say blatant passes, you know, but like nothing that you don't expect a point guard to do. There, there was never those real, like, say, designed plays for somebody like Dweck or, you know, um, say, with Moody in the corner shooting the ball. And it was nothing really designed. They were kind of – they were there on the court, you know, offensively, and it was – hey, it was the PNR, we're going to score, which mm-hmm. you see that a lot in retail. But when it comes to that league build, if you don't – if you don't have, you know, all that momentum and just you know you have that locks number – there something else has to get involved and movement has to happen and things like that. And that's where I think the Lakers maybe they wanted to look, wanted to give it a different look when it came to the point guard position to maybe change their offense in that aspect. But honestly, a hundred percent when I'm sitting there, I'm watching, you know, them get ready to make their first pick. I never expected that trade. Not at all. Yeah. Me neither. Like it was, it was crazy. And like, and now, like looking at, at the aftermath of it, they got, uh, you know, they brought recent out you know, number one shot. Right. That's what the, that would, and it's a lot of people. Nobody expected Reese to get picked that high. I don't know anybody. I see, it's crazy. I see nothing wrong with that pick. I see nothing wrong at all. Because yeah, neither, I, that's, I, I, a, that's somebody who paid player. his dues already. He's he paid his dues. You know, he knows he can hoop at that level. You're not guessing whether or not he can. You know for a fact he can. Yeah, so let's get into like this game more. So, like, you know, after they took a Reese, they ended up taking, um, you know, Bahio, and everybody was wondering, like, that I saw, one I. I don't yeah, know. I was question. questionable on that one. Yeah, me too. Cause I was wondering because Chap gave him gave him F on his on his um my draft grades for the team. I was I won't give him F. I would I would I would say maybe like a D plus maybe a C minus. Well, because like I was just wondering what direction that going in because like you know Bahia used to be a point guard. Everybody knows Bahia can hoop. Right. Everybody knows Bahia. He went the shooting guard for a reason because you know he struggled last year at PG. So I'm wondering like they I guess they must see something in him that we don't. I know Tacta. I think people say he was quote unquote about a Jets team. You know, that's a hoop ball before they met a good friend. So I'm wondering just why he made that pick and, you know, losing his boy. I don't know. I definitely came into that thinking Bohio was playing sharp before he got drafted and everything. Before the draft happened, I'm 100%. My mind was set on Bohio was coming back into the league and he was going to stick to the sharp position. That's the 100% where my mindset was. However, I'm – like you said, you know, with him being friends with Tactic, and if that is case, you know, obviously we know retained players have a pretty, you know, well say when who they want to play with. But I can see it being, for the Lakers at least, at the very beginning of the season, maybe the first three games or so, it being a bit of a struggle, a bit of a rocky road. But I think they find their step. I do. Like when, I, when it comes down to it, I think they find their step because of the fact that, if they decide um, crazy can get you a bucket out the corner, crazy knockdown from the corner, Reese can get you a bucket off the hash. You give Reese an inch of space, he pulls it, and you you have full confidence in it. And that's the type of play Bahio does bring to the table. He's not, you know, it, it's very rare that you find it, you know, in this, in 2K for all aspects, is a pass first point guard. And that's kind of what Bohio brings to the table when he was playing PG, you know, on a consistent basis is a very, hey, we're going to get everybody moving around kind of aspect. So if they can really find a way that gets all five people on the court on offense moving on the same cylinders, you know, like like a well-oiled machine, right? All pistons got to move together and are able to work. If they can figure that out, you know, say three to five games into the season, I think they can have a huge turnaround and actually become, you know, somewhere in that playoff range. I'm hoping all for it, man. I just know that the draft is just a surprise. A lot of guys was questioning, like, the six-man pick on Bobby Buck. It's like, 
Bob Buck is a good player and everything, but people, I guess people wondered why they didn't take a backup PG just, you know, just in case, like. Just in Ohio's, case. Yeah, right. in case the Ohio experiment doesn't work or whatever. So I, I don't know what they're doing over there, but, like, I hope it all works out. It's, I don't know, man. It's like it's, it's a tough draft. Man. They took a guy named Cease, too. I wasn't too – I don't know too much about Cease, but okay, so a famous I, tweet about Cease. He might be good. But I don't know. It's like a sleeper pick. Kind okay. Cease is a very underrated player. I will give him that. The dude can play power forward very well. However, the part that scares me about it and the part that quite makes me question is that he is – yeah, you know, okay, playing in tens is one thing. Playing with your team is one thing. But from what I know for from watching his team play, which is hit list, a lot of Caesar's movements are called out by Jar City before they happen. They are when it comes to their defensive play, it is very designed. You know, it's very hey, oh, I'm trapping ghosties, ghosties, ghosties kind of thing. You know, it's very it's very designed. Now, there are a lot of times that, you know, hey, when Caesar's in his bag, yo, he's moving, you know, when he's in his bag. But when it comes to the majority of it, it's they play a very designed style of basketball defensively, you know, and they have the, all five people moving on defense at all times. So I don't know what's going to happen to him coming to the league, being that, at you know, once again, those first three to five games, if they don't talk about this aspect beforehand – that he's playing a lot more based on instinct at power forward. And then that goes back to the aspect of, well, what, who's one, the best probably defensive as, you know, defensive instinct power forward? Idris, why would you not take him in that aspect when he's, you know, you're going to put somebody out there. He's going to play off of pure instincts and Idris does amazing at it. The only issue with Idris is the fact of, is he going to fit amongst the group? Yeah, his competitive, yeah, right. It, his just... competitive nature is it gonna fit? You know, because, and it's I like say me personally coming from it. I I love Idris's nature. You know, it's so competitive. It's fire. It's fuel. But other people don't react to that the same way. So that's where you know I guess that could be where Idris's downfall was of not getting drafted. But so that's where, I mean, 100% Cease has all the tools. You know, he is your five-tool player, knockdown shooter, can make reads out the corner, can rebound, can box out, can get in passing lanes, get blocks. He can do that. But now I wonder what happens when it comes to him playing so much more off of instinct and not just solely based off of, hey, this is our game plan. We're going to do the game plan kind of thing. It's going to be stepping out of his comfort zone. Yeah, we have to see, man. It's, it's definitely a different, different look. You get rid of one of the top scoring point guards, and you just you don't really get like I guess like another true scoring point guard to replace him. So like I said, it'd be definitely interesting to see. And speaking of trades, you had another big trade too. You know, uh, Gen G got ended up acquiring uh, B Smooth J from uh, Warriors Gaming. Personally, I think Warriors Gaming should have kept B Smooth J, but I hey, do too. Like, it, I don't know I what do. happened in that culture, but they don't want to they want to keep. Him. I don't know what happened, but hey, now Gigi has him. I think it's good for Gen G, obviously, because like. He's a heck of a player. All right, Gen G looks like a very good team right now. Even all the way way down the roster, not just the five on the court, all the way down. But what I came up with kind of two scenarios that I thought of when it came to that trade. And one, obviously, that we're not going to know much about is whether or not maybe there was some type of interior, you know, ferocity or whatever that people weren't meshing well together which I don't really see because I don't think they've ever really had issues over there but you know we never know what happens behind closed doors right or the other scenario that I started kind of thinking of is that Charlie CB13 obviously Noakina has when it came to you know when he has hooped in pre-draft this year could give you 35 to 40 a night on a continuous basis. When he loaded up, that he he stepped forward as a scorer heavily. So what I'm wondering is if they are trying to maybe give Charlie the keys a little bit more, you know, instead of running – because not am I saying, you know, were they running a dual ball handler system, but in all aspects – Beast move could have taken over and taken the ball up court by any means, anytime needed. And so I think maybe what it is is they're trying to build maybe a little bit more spot up based around him on offense 
and put more defense on the floor maybe is kind of their mindset on that aspect and kind of just give him the keys more and trust him more offensively to create everybody else's opportunities and then try on top of that on the flip side try to give him more defense too yeah, I can see that happening, man. I was like, say, I think everybody was surprised when that when that trade was was announced. I was like, wow, you even one hundred percent, literally season from season one, day one guy, you know, be smooth. Day, yeah, you day one, like did, nobody so. nobody expected him to go anywhere. So that that was just crazy to me. So I, I don't know what to see. Like a lot of people felt like they took a step back, you know, from the top team. To, you know, they went to the finals last year, obviously. So like, I don't think they needed to make any crazy changes. But like, so we'll see. We'll see how how that goes for them now. It was one of the, one of the best sharps to me. One of the, like top five sharps in the league to me personally. Easily top five. So like I said, that was definitely a wild thing. And I might in my also, opinion, though, yeah, was the only thing the only thing ever Golden State or what well, Warriors gaming has ever like struggled in finding that final piece is that center position. I don't know if it's you know finding a center that meshes well amongst the guards or meshes well amongst the defense or what it is because I mean. They haven't had bad centers by any means, mm-hmm. but it's just they haven't had that center that really, I don't think that really told them this is the one, you know, this is the piece we've been missing kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, they got chaos in the draft now, and chaos is proven to play, you know, power forward and center. So, like, we'll see how he goes in there and misses well. And they brought their six man back in Maddie. So, like, they, they got the chemistry wise there. Like, so, we'll just see how, how I love Maddie. Yeah, Matt is, Matt, is, Matt is a good guy, man. And Matt, Maddie, Maddie will play one through four for you without any hesitation, without questions asked. Literally, they make they make him ball, man. Say so that these are my team head too, so you, you can do it all. So I was gonna ask you also too the next my actually another team I was gonna bring up really really surprised me one of their picks. Uh, the, the Hawks talent GC they end up taking C's. For the 11th overall pick. Oh, okay. And, they, so, and that, yeah, that was kind of crazy. <laughs> they, had, they had BP already too, so I was confused. Right. They got, then they drafted Mike Swan and Fakey. And, you know, Swan is looking at, uh, I saw Champ graphic about it. He had Swan, the six man in there. But you have C's and Kill Mav. Like, they're, they're going to have no lock on the court. So I'm confused what they're going to do there. Like, I don't know what lineup's going to look like or they may look to trade BP. I don't know. Like, I don't know how that, to, okay. So that's <laughs> what I've been waiting towards. I think that's what. That's kind of the idea in my head that they were leaning towards is more so that, you know what, they, they're kind of – BP is probably one of the best when it comes to just pure stick, pure raw talent stick skill, right? We, we None of us will deny that dude has crazy thumbs when it comes down to it. However, it goes back to one of those, you know, like pure scorer, right? BP is somebody who comes out and is going to enforce his will on on a team. And if it's not working, he keeps continuing to enforce his will. And instead of then digging themselves out of the hole, he's digging them deeper in. So I don't know if what they're trying to do by bringing Duran in is trade BP and go to Duran, who's somebody who can play more floor general-esque, I guess you would say, you know, yeah, the dude's going to get you a bucket, but kind of he's all around good, not extremely great at everything, but can play all aspects of the game pretty damn well at a high level. And then trade BP away for a lock? Or are they just, you know, planning on maybe, you know, running kind of like a dual ball handler with, you know, C's and BP and Kel has to play lock for a while until, you know, they figure out what the hell they're doing. I, that one's going to be interesting, it, and only time's really going to tell us how that one plays out. But I'm definitely leaning towards, I think, maybe what they're trying to do is trade BP. And the only reason it didn't happen during the draft is maybe they weren't able to find somebody who's willing to take them. Yeah, man, looking at all these rosters, I, don't, I can't see what, what team. Pretty much every team that they point guard is like, that they want, I'm pretty sure, like, I mean, I don't know who's gonna take him, and then like who's yeah, gonna trade for him yeah. too. So I think it's like they're kind of stuck, kind of. I was like, man, I, I'm, that, I'm I agree. The I, I think know, that's man. what it is. I was like, I don't know how it's gonna work, but I was like, they really are stuck because because they're never gonna get the, the right value for BP if you trade them for like a, like a lower round draft pick or something. They're gonna get no kind of value back. Right, they're not gonna get that. You know, he is still BP. It's like yeah. So I'm like, I don't know, man. They just really stuck right now. And like, I'm, and I don't want to get tops because you know how BP like I played BP before. He's a good guy and everything, but. You know, he wants everything to be his way on the court. So, like, exactly. Wants, and I don't that's know how to I think, I think that's where they're struggling when it comes to front office is that, you know what? Look, dude, you're, 
the way you want to play isn't working with the other four people on the court. So we're running out of options here. Yeah, man. I don't know. Like I said, I wish the Hawks challenge this year luck, but we'll see. It's gonna be well. It's interesting to see this. I wish all. Sure. I wish all. I wish the team luck. I wish BP himself luck. Like you know, maybe <laughs> something clicks for him, and he's like, you know what? Look, I'm gonna drop my nuts. I've been doing this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna show you how I do it now. Like, kind of thing. <laughs> but something's gonna have to happen for that team to continue to like to be real successful and step up to that level they want to be at. That is facts, man. And I also want to get to another team as well. Like they um another top team they needed a point guard and there was Pacers gaming. They took um six thirty. You think you can come in, step in and be the on uh, like a top PG form? Because I've seen six thirty places the seventeen days back in on a in that um two hundred fifty K tournament on a six five sharp, like scoring dirty like it was nothing on a sharp right. deal. Not even like a, a true point guard. So like I and mean, then we've seen them this pre draft, like still be able to bring the ball up on the on the uh, uh, sorry, predominantly sharp build pretty much in a way. And so he can right. I, I have a t- confidence in playing PG, but you think he do it full time throughout the entire season, like just constantly like, lead a team to victory at like you know, game after game, just when the best, you know, some of the best teams in the two league. So I, I wonder if he can do it or not throughout the entire season. The way I've always looked at 630 or Sab is that like they well, they mentioned it the best, you know, when it came to um like the strength and weaknesses when he got drafted. He is the best combo guard, you know, mm-hmm. as far as being able to do both to be just straight up sharp or to, yo, look, I can take over the rock and handle it myself too. So I don't know if they're going to try and stick to that, you know, and kind of run a little bit of a back and forth, or if they are really trying to, you know, say, Hey, look, we need you to take over this PG position, which I know that's where maybe it could end up being his downfall. I hope it isn't, but that could be the downfall is that, you know, he's one of the, the elite players where you can give him minimal touches, right? Maybe five, six touches a game, but he makes those five, six touches count. And he makes the defense fear him with just those five, six touches. And for some players, where whether it's retail or league, when they start getting out of that range, right? When they start getting upwards of now 15, 20 touches because they're doing it every, they're bringing the ball up every single possession, their efficiency rating starts dropping. So I'm, that's where I'm kind of questionable and skeptical about that is, is he going to be able to still have that impact when you start raising those numbers up that high? Because you get, you know, you tell him, say, for example, if we're talking retail version of the game, right, 6.30 when it came down to it, if there was eight seconds left on the shot clock, his PG didn't have anything, hey, throw me the ball. I'm going to, I will ISO this PG with eight seconds. I'm going to get us an opportunity somewhere. And I want to, I really want to see, can he now do that with more touches? Can he continuously do that? If he does, I think that team gets real scary. Definitely, man. He'd be honest with you, more like still to the draft. I said, when I saw that, I was like, then it took him number two, because I was thinking maybe he would go with like maybe Detroit, maybe Gen G's team like that, you know, with J Money on Gen G already. If he went to Detroit, it'd be the same situation, would be the dominant point guard there. But Detroit, I'm taking Radiant and Green Light. So Detroit would have probably been like, if he got drafted number four, they probably did, so, you know, similar to that. Like, kind of like a double point guard system kind of type of thing. So, but in the end, like you know, he has or Pacers game. He has um, Randall there. Randall's more of a, a spot up sharp. So, it's, it's going to be like the pro- like so far it looks like going to be the prominent ball handler. So, like we'll just have to see how it goes. I believe him honestly. I definitely think he can do it. I do too. I, I believe he can. He can figure it out. I, exactly. It might take a little bit, but I think he can figure it out. Yeah, because they'd be laughing like this guy's like when I was in the league, we scrammed like eight to ten hours a day. So they're going to lab a lot. So he'd definitely like, you know get the feel of the game easily. So. It's going to just definitely be interesting to see. I'm definitely excited to see how that goes for sure with him. And my next thing for you, uh, I want to talk about LT, man, is the international players. We finally saw, like, this year, like, you know, we've been talking about it for a while, especially, you know, people like Spain, like, you know, Mario finally, you know, he got drafted to Cavs, Cavs Gaming. We saw Guna get picked up back up by, by Heat Check Gaming. Then we saw Milo go, you know, go, go to the Pistons, you know, Pistons drafted uh, Jackal, I think, season two, was it? So they got experience drafting international players. So what was your your overall take on the national players getting drafted? You know, a lot of people said Mario. I think they call him the Rainbow of the um Euro Euro Rainbow or something. Right, right. You know, and we seen him. You know, in the combine, pre-draft, everything, playing on delayed. It was still hooping like it was nothing. It, Not exactly. Even playing so, field, it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be a crazy thing. To when see. it comes down to some of those players, you know, we'll use Gunnar and Mario for example, right? Not only. Like, okay, and this also stems, like, I can kind of relate. Obviously, I'm not as on much of delay as they are. But as a West Coast player, right, I'm automatically on delay compared to, you know, the East Coast players or whatever it is. And 
you can't sit there and try to hide behind it and, you know, use it as a defense for not getting your job done. And Mario and Gunnar are perfect examples of that. They said, you know what, look, I'm going to take the delay. I ain't going to complain about it. I'm not going to fight it. I'm going to do my job and I'm going to do it to my best of best of my ability. And they showed they can do it and compete at a high level. Mario's out here competing with some of the top centers while playing on, what is it, like 300 millisecond ping? Something crazy I mean, like that, that's man. That's showing, crazy. That, that's showing you. He's like, I can do this and I know what I'm doing. I'm just, hey, I was born in a different place. Like, that's all it is. I live somewhere else. But I'm showing you I can do it. And for any other international players or West Coast players or whatever who want to get drafted, that's what you have to do. You can't sit there and try to complain about the delay or say that you're disadvantaged because when it comes down to it, nobody cares. They care whether or not you're going to get the job done when it comes down to it. When it's needed, are you going to get the job done? And that's, you know, a great way to put a um, example that is Maddie's pre-draft team, Bench All-Stars, right? That is an all-West Coast team. And over the last month, you see nothing but anytime any of their streams pop up, it's Final Four this, Finals that, playing Finals back-to-back. For the past month, they've been up there in every single thing. I think they've won they won two out of their four finals that they've competed in the last month. That shows you that, look, if you really put the dedication in, you just work and you don't sit there and try to look for, you know, loopholes, you can make it happen. And Mario and Gunnar are perfect examples of that. That's definitely true, man. It was definitely good to see Gunnar finally get back in the league, you know, after season one. You know, people kind of wrote him off, you know, he had like a terrible, like, Season of the Patriots gaming, you know, it was like, dude, not at the end of him, you know, but he, like you said, he worked hard. He grinded, man, on that delay like crazy and just proved his work. You know, he checked the game and took a chance on him. So I'm excited to see what he can do in the second time around for sure. And like, same with Mario, man. Like, we all seen Mario dominate. So, like, they're gonna, if Mario like, is like, you know, advertised as good as to be, like, man, that's that That was a steal. Casting, that was yeah, a, they're, they're casting him. If, if he ends up coming into the league and being able to then do it on a high level, you know, like, showing you, hey, look, this delay really was holding me back, mm-hmm. then that is the steal of the draft. Like, it really is. There's no better, like, especially when it came to the where it was in the draft, the quality of player you get, that's the steal of the draft. But it's a matter of whether or not can he take the hype and be like, and exceed it, like like LaMelo Ball did coming into the league. Yep, you know, everybody yep. thought LaMelo was going to come into the league with all that hype, big head, and be a bust because no offense to Lonzo, but Lonzo hasn't exactly been amazing. Mm-hmm. LaMelo is now being – is damn near getting up into the aspects of being top 20 player in the league completely, like in a rookie year. That That's what Mario has to do is he has to come into the league and now exceed the expectations and show him, look, there really is no limits to what I can do. That is true. And I think with a, with a point guard like Fab, you can definitely – it'll definitely help out a lot. So, you know, Fab can get you some buckets, going to make the right passes. Then you got a guy like Oreo at the four. It's going to like – it was a dog, one of the best power four in the draft. So, he's going to hit – you got Goddess of K and you got Strainer. It's like there's a solid team behind him. That's going to be crazy. Definitely I, gonna definitely, I'm definitely like – the season, like I said, is going to be competitive all around. It's going to be some crazy teams. I'm, I'm definitely excited to see that in like, that aspect. And then and also I want to talk about as well, man. We talked about international players that got drafted. We also saw as well, like, you know, two female gamers got drafted this year, you know. And D-Lay, uh, she got drafted to the Celtics crossover gaming. And then Ziggy Zag got drafted to the Mavs gaming. So what are your thoughts on those two women getting, getting, uh, getting a shot to leave? Uh, I think it's a very positive outlook and aspect of the league. Um, it's definitely something as in, you know, we, we're going to see more and more females now start to – put their efforts into competing and things like that. As far as, you know, we always saying, Hey, look, I don't care that I'm going up against a bunch of guys. I can do this at, you know, your, your joysticks are the same as mine. Like, you know, there, there's no difference. I, if I can prove that I can hoop at a high level, there's no reason that should nothing holding me back. There should be no reason that I get denied. And, you know, somebody like Zaya, for example, right is probably the best female dribbler I've actually ever seen. Yes, she and can you, I've seen her. It's crazy. When it, when it comes to, like, you know, like, yeah, I understand she's getting drafted to play sharp, and, you know, they're saying she's a knockdown shooter. That's cool and all. But I knew Zaya about last year, you know, through a friend, uh, you know, another friend, and Zaya can load up on park and sit there and ISO with the best of them. I've seen it. So 
like, and that's where, you know, some, like, it's a perfect example. She's showing she can compete with, you know, and do just what anybody else can. So if that's really the case, hey, what what's stopping me? What? Because I'm a female? Nah, dude. Hey, if you can hoop, you can hoop. Plain and simple. No no questions asked. Yeah, I, I definitely see her get a shot. Honestly, a shot at PG, man. She can, like, prove herself in the scrims and, like, boot camp and stuff, dog. Like, I've seen, like, like I said, her dribbling is crazy. So, like, just want to see her just go in and get a shot. Same with D-Lay 2K. I want to see them just go in and work hard. Don't get their shot. This chance to prove that they belong, you know. I don't want to be, like, on gimmick or anything. Like, just going in to be six man. Because, like, I know both of them, like, can definitely ball. So, I know they're not going to go just sit there and just want to be six man. So, I want to just, you know, go see them just, you know, prove their worth. Like, show they, they can, like, they belong here to everybody else. So, they can ball. And so, after them, like, I was, so we said, we had those two women got drafted. We had, like, Three, was, I think it's three and players drafted. So like, it's, it's good to see like the overall positivity of the league. You know, is expanding. You're like, we're the only esports I think league out there with uh, like female, like women and gamers and like stuff. You know, like we like we, we promote that. We have women initiative camp. You know, NBA Two K League does it every year. The women's gaming initiative camp. So it's good just to see uh, the overall positive team like getting like a, a more inclusive like you know a variety of different gamers out there. Like, I just I love about Two K League. It's definitely good to see that. All right, so now I, my last thing I was going to say, too, like, notice we talked about earlier about the, some of the snubs. Who are your, I would say who's your top five snubs you had in this draft? I can tell you my top five right now in this top draft. five snubs? Top five snubs. Like they, they didn't get drafted at all. I can tell you my Kill, – Killian and Idris are obviously up there. They're, they're, they're somewhere in the top five. They're on mine as well. Um, Who else can I think of? Fantasy season. We talked about him, fantasy season. Yeah, I, I definitely say probably Fanta ends up on, like, the bottom of the five, you know? Y'all say Glenn but, Raddy, O'Leary. That's my top yes, five. Yes, Glenn, Glenn Raddy's definitely up there. That's one that I don't know true details. I kind of just, you know, heard from a friend who heard from a friend kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That it, it, it all, and, you know, this doesn't surprise me when it comes to drafts and comes to the leagues and stuff like that. It's all f- fake promises, false promises, mm-hmm. you know? So that that just comes to show, like, even if you, you know, got one of those promises, dude, you still got to hoop in pre-draft. You still got to hoop in post-draft. You got to show them, hey, look, you got to make it undeniable. And it's crazy because he did. I mean, I, I was – every time I checked to a, a tennis player or something, or I would see him playing, like, playing along like side people like Bear to Beast, stuff like that. So I was seeing him hooping and stuff, seeing him, like, you know, do the basic can and everything. Like, he was hooping all pre-draft. I don't know what happened. Yeah. So, like you said, I guess somebody must have promised him a spot or something. He didn't get, didn't get go through with it. I don't know what happened. But he was, like, definitely balling. And just nah, – you know, definitely just, somebody guess, like who say, deserves – some of the time the players this year, man, 20 some players, 63 spots. And like, it's just crazy. Like, another time, another guy, too, a sleeper guy that um, we didn't mention, Merck, Merck 2K. I actually him win it, like, one of the um, finals in the end of the, end of the pre-draft. Literally, him and Sean win, both of them get drafted. Right. The finals for Law with Bandy. They get picked up. I'm like, yo, they did it, everything right. They promoted it. And I'll be honest, I think, I think Merck was easily probably, I'd say, top three when it came to power forward prospects mm-hmm. i think i think merck's top three like and there were power forwards taking over him that you know i definitely think are be- he's better than when it comes to doing his job you know like we were talking about you know being a reaction power forward merck is great at that aspect you know he mm-hmm. has the instincts of it but on top of that you know he doesn't sit there and try to do too much because a lot of times when you start doing too much that's when you start creating bad tension amongst your say your pg your guards right who mm-hmm. are just like yo can you reset me please yeah exactly exactly so, like, you reset the ball. merc is one of those that he does his job he doesn't do too much he gets his job done and he does it at a high level so to see him not get drafted was very very interesting to me i definitely thought when it comes to power forwards i thought merc was one of the best options that there was in this draft same here. I, I, I literally saw him like his last finals at night. Like it was, it was in WR. Like he was balling the entire night. It was because it was against all in control against Goofy and all them boys. Goofy, right. JBM, J, J, uh, JG. Uh, it was it was straight out JBM, uh, MJB. Yeah, I'll, I'll get in that. Yeah, MJB, all them boys. And he was balling the entire night, getting rebounds at the corner. Like I said, one crazy spin would be doing somebody for a dunk. I'm like dang, he just that, that's what I'm saying. He's like he does his job. He doesn't do too much, and he does his job, and he's efficient. He does it at a high level. It's crazy, man. Same with Sean Wynn, too. Sean Wynn, like, since he's the one trying to get himself back in the league, like, this year, I think it was the best shot, too. Did everything he could. That's just, I guess it's not another spot at the end of the day, man. Like, it's just it's crazy. It's so competitive. Yeah, yeah. It's getting to that point that, you know, the league damn near needs to expand to having a full 32-team roster, you know, 
they, Honestly, I think they more, get into that point. I think I have more than like the actual NBA team. You see, like, like a team like Gen G, like you're not know, not an NBA right. team. Right. Yeah, it's just it's getting to that point because I mean there yeah. are still so many talents right now that are draft eligible players that are just not competing at this point. And it's like, dude, it's it's getting to the point that the game is growing, the com- the pro am community is growing, so mm-hmm. the league has to keep expanding with it. And this because I mean, dude, you easily could have took like I saw multiple people do this on Twitter where they said they took, I think, on three different lists, right? I think I want to say Coach Nate was the one who did this that I saw mainly. He uh, took top like, – he made a top, like, I think he made three teams of undrafted players. And you look at the, you know, the players filling out the one through fives for those three teams. Dude, any – those those lists – that list he made, any one of those three teams could go into the league and compete. Like, they wouldn't lose a step. Though All five players on the court are league-worthy players. That's crazy. That's how you know so much talent out there, man. That's that's the crazy part about it. Like, it's just crazy. Like, I see a lot of guys, like, I know I'll send Dave from a video, you know, tell some of the prospects they didn't get drafted. Right. You know, you know kind of like it went, like, it went a little bit of their fault. Then they could do, like, just come down to, like, maybe, like, the team had a better There's day, only but, so many spots. Yeah, that's you know. That's what like, it comes down to. The Wizards took be, be rich again. Like, it was no point of them taking anybody else but be rich because they won a championship with them. They know how he is, so, you know. And they, like they probably mentioned in this video, like, so certain teams, like, same with the double like the Grizz Gaming. Certain teams took people they were familiar with. So, like, it's in a day, like, you know, you can do it by that. It's one of that guy's back. So, it's just, you know, it's how it goes sometimes. Like, you know, networking people don't really are dealing with. So, like I said, a lot of the, yeah, it's just crazy. A lot of the prospects are getting their head down, but they can't. At the end of the day, you got to, you know, just suck it up and, you know, try again next year, honestly, at the end of the day. And so, I, I, honestly, I'll my next point I was going to ask you, LT, man. Who do you think some of the – um since we know the draft is done now, you know, teams are set, you know. I think – um I know that they had play going to begin soon. You know, we'll start going to market soon and everything. But who's your, who's your – I guess your top team this year you think you're going to win the championship this year? Like, who's your team? You think Wizards are going to repeat or different team this okay, year? Okay, so I'm definitely not going to sit there and make the dumbass mark of, you know, <laughs> you know going and saying, oh, this team's going to win it. Turns around that team and I, I curse that team, you know. Yeah. But, like <laughs> – I'm definitely looking forward. I 100% we think Wizards are still going to be a strong team. You uh-huh. know, there's no reason they shouldn't. Warriors, I still think, come out and are a pretty strong team because, you know, they just, they always have been. That's yeah, kind yeah. of what it is. I'm really excited to see what Gen G does. I, I think they have a very strong roster, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, very interested to see how it plays out in New York. Yeah, they had, I wanna, they had a solid draft. They had a – that was dope. They brought him back. I, I think that was a really good draft. I just don't know if I necessarily 100% agree with, you know, some of the things that happened, but I want to know how it ends up playing out for them. I mean, it's crazy. The, the picks was No Love Zara and Glow. Like, I've seen multiple mock drafts, but literally people have picked exactly those two guys going to New York. That's the funny point. Well, okay, so 100% I stand by I think Glow was the best center in the draft. 100% I stand yeah, by that, people, that, yeah, that, statement. that statement. You yeah. know, a lot, a lot of people put Crown, put Colt above him. I'm like, nah, when it comes down to, you know, doing his job and getting his job done, not saying they're trying to do all the extra things, just – Really playing his role and playing it at a super high level, I put Crown up or I'm not Crown, sorry, Glow as the number one just overall do my job at center player. I just I don't know if I the the issue with that is is that Rob, I a hundred percent and I've watched Rob play all of pre-draft. Rob worked his ass off this pre-draft as far as getting better as a player, both at the five and at the four. Mm-hmm. So now with, obviously we're not going to know until they start, you know, games start up and they bring the roster out. But the rumor I was told is that Rob's getting moved to six man. Yeah, I, I, just, it. I can believe that for sure. I, when it comes to being the veteran, you know, of the organization, I, I definitely can say I'd probably find that really disrespectful. Like I probably would. I mean, it's how it is sometimes. Yeah. Then I say, this still, you never know with the league, bro. Like, it might still fight for that spot. Who knows? Like, in scrims, he might play better. Who knows? In the day. Right. That, that's what it's going to come down to now, mm-hmm. you know, because both of them hooped in pre draft. Nobody can deny that, dude. They, oh, yeah, they sure, were the, sure. the, 
damn near the two best centers. You know, obviously not the best, but they were in that conversation no matter what. You can never define one guaranteed best player, but they were in that conversation in all aspects. So for them now to have both of them on the same team, it's really going to come down to, hey, who's going to outwork the other one? Literally, they said training camp and all that stuff can definitely define some of these. So I don't say any spot. I would say, like, for example, the Wizards, like, I think they probably alluded to it. Like, they got guys that can play multiple positions. Like, who knows like, how that lineup's going to go? You know, Dini, everybody knows who Dini literally played. Dini's the best one through four player. Yeah, players. so Dini can play anything. So, like, when Jim Duffin LeBron was definitely a dope pickup for them. But now you got, like, and B. Rich still played against two people. B. Rich not just, like, B. Rich is like a point guard. Like, he can play any position, too. Like, Rich is having to go to a good team, so he had to really do too much. So, like, Wizards could definitely be a scary team in the aspect. They got guys that can play multiple positions. You can shoot people around. You can just, you have a lot of flexibility there. So that's going to be interesting definitely. to see how they play. And another thing I wanted to allude to, too, was really funny. People keep, like, the Heat, I think Heat got a really high rap for getting sad, but then, like, they got a wine. Like, Pete Wine's a great player. He, like, last year, like, he finessed the league, quote-unquote, for the city. Yeah, yeah. Play. So, like, fans I, got I away with a steal see, there. I was crazy. I was surprised to see Juan back in the league after that. I definitely, you know, like, we all know the story. We're not going to get into it. But you know what? Juan ended up where Juan wanted to be. So, yeah, you know what? Home, literally Miami back in playing for his So, maybe team. now – Maybe Juan steps out and's like, "Oh yeah, now I'm gonna really show you who the hell I am." You know? Oh yeah, like, for sure, for sure. Like I said, he, definitely people seeing like Juan back in '19 was a dog. <laughs> I, so, I guess like, like the crazy. best way you you can explain this is like the Johnny Manziel situation, right? Back in the NFL back then, mm-hmm. Johnny Manziel, best player when it came to college football, right? He loved being in Texas. All mm-hmm. he wanted to do was go to Dallas. He ends up going to damn Cleveland. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So let's see. Maybe, you know, maybe it's the untold story of like a Johnny Manziel, right? He finally gets to go to that place that he genuinely wants to be at. And maybe Juan just steps out and sh- shocks the world. I can definitely see that happening, man. Like I said, that's, like I said he, he definitely got like a nice team. That, like Famous did a great job picking a team together. So I was going to be able to see how like Juan just comes back and like proves everybody wrong and stuff like that. So I'm definitely going to see how that goes in that, in that, um, on that team. And another thing I want to bring up too is actually we talked about crime a little bit earlier. Like, I think Hornets GT did a great job getting Ricky B. I, I think Ricky was a great player. He got Crown too. They got to you know. Obviously, got does the six man. The does is cool with um with Pete and Sherman. We play you know a pre draft for them, make it happen. So like it's definitely, I'm definitely excited to see that team too. You know, it's funny. Big um Big West always making trades, always like doing something on his team. It's just the whole team around pretty mixture. much. There's definitely that mixture of new bloods, you know, new players on in the league and mm-hmm. still some vet there, you know, like, so it's really going to see, okay, how does it all, does it end up all pooling together or, because that's what it's going to come down to is if it pools together, I think they can really be successful. If the new players don't get along with, you know, the people who've already been in the league, you know, if there's any type of ego clash there about, you know, seniority or anything like that, it can be a huge downfall and can hinder them completely. Oh, for sure, for sure. And it's definitely like um, you want to see camaraderie. That's a lot of guys drafted six men they were comfortable with because they, they don't want anything like any clash or anything on the on the team. But the chemistry right. is like one of the biggest factors in league. I don't care anybody says you have chemistry to win. And then like you can end of the day like you not have a chemistry, you're losing it. It gets the losses sting a lot more. So I definitely feel like you know chemistry is a big thing. And I was speaking of chemistry, I was looking at the, um the roster now. I don't think the Raptors are right. People are gonna sleep on the Raptors because they didn't really. I guess in that draft, they didn't really have to do anything. They, they got a um, six-man back. People don't know T.S. Jossie um, played for them, I think, season right. one and two. Yeah. They definitely got – so that's, like, another chemistry thing with them. Like, they just got the guys to know. They pretty much got the old squad back with all hell trade. Right. On the squad. Toronto, Toronto's pretty happy just, you know, where they're at. They aren't yep. trying to do anything special. They're like, look, we feel like we built something pretty strong here mm-hmm. over the seasons. Now we're just going to keep letting it grow. Yep. Yeah, they, like I said, they pretty much got guys that all know each other, and they are better to regroup after the 6 0 season last year. That's definitely interesting to see how they go by this by this season. Another team I was going to talk about too is T Wolves Gaming. How do you feel about that draft? All the guys confused. I seen like Mouse Ball. I think it was a great pickup. Like he's a great power forward. Doll Six is a good six man. I think for them as well. Doll Six was a, a good little sleeper pick. I definitely mm-hmm. will say that one. I think you could definitely come in if somebody's not playing well. You can, you can just come in and fill in for them. So I definitely I like their team too as well. It's interesting to see because after season two championship, like they got to try to get you know, season three was subpar for them. We'll see how they can bounce back upcoming upcoming year. Like it's, it's crazy that so much talent this year in the league, man. Like it's that, like, that's what it is. Is that you're like you're looking at some of these rosters and you're like, crazy. dude, that's a good team. But then you go and you know then you jump over to a completely different roster and you're like, dude. 
that's an even better team. <laughs> I mean, crazy. like that that first team I looked at was damn good. Like they would put eighty on me any day. I'm telling you, bro. Looking at these rosters, like I'm literally excited to see Simpsons again too. Like see how they revamp, getting rid of Radiant and getting Hoodie Dre. Like he's a young, young punk girl, but everybody's seen Dre pretty out the fucking ball. And he's gonna be around a whole bunch of veterans too. And Steve the Walnut is toxic and six man's also better. He's been released in season one. So you don't see him a Kelly Rack and all underrated goat the three rookies coming in, like see how they can just come in and help out the well, team. And okay, so like if we go back to that, right? Mm-hmm. Between Dre, Callie, and Eli, they've all played together for now going on two, three years. Mm-hmm. Whether you know, whether it was with each other or against each other, they've all mixed around on around the same team. So you already do have pretty decent to good chemistry with those three. Now, can they also mesh in with the veterans once again? And somebody like Walnut, I feel like, can be a really good, you know, mentor towards Dre. Oh, Dre, sure, you sure. Know, Dre is somebody who, I mean, elite when it comes to dribbling and stuff like that. One of the most elite right sticks you will see. So now, and, and no, by no means is Dre a bad passer, but obviously scoring is his, is his go-to. Literally, yep. So if you 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 put a center like a walnut in front of him, right, who can help him just with those extra the little things, right? The little things are what win you games. The little things are what matters. When you take somebody like Walnut who can maybe help him and really help him understand those little things, that team can get really, really good. They they can be your not necessarily, you know, your sleeper, because you look at the team and you already know it's a good ass roster. There's no reason they mm-hmm. can't win something. But they're the sleeper in the aspect of they have work to do. But if that work gets done, they can be a super threat. Oh, for sure, man. Like, so people know Eli's one of the top locks. He's been there for one of the top locks for years. And you see Iwana, former MVP and defense player of the year. So, like, and you got Dre, one of the top young point guards. So, like, yeah, I'm definitely going to say like, it's going to be like a sleeper team. But they can probably, like, you know, maybe make some noise, help make the playoffs with that team. It's going to be interesting to see. And one of the teams I'm looking at is Rasha, too. Like, they really didn't do – too crazy and drivers pick guys that they, that they didn't know, like, you know, Majestic. Okay, I'm talking about Kingsguard Gaming, but, like, two of a guy like Majestic who's been playing, and like, people have known him for years, been playing literally since season one. So, they bring guy like him to play power forward next to Yusuf. They get Kerry Jr., also one of the, a good, great power forward, coming in an already right. great team with my mom and the man, you know, crushing scene. Right, picking I, up I, I mama think might be, in the offseason was Yeah, huge. that was a right. big, that, big that move was right huge. there. That was their big move, so, like, I'm interested to see how the Kingsguard team will go. I think they're going to be a top I, I, pre-draft. I mean, preseason to me, I think they're a top three team. But still, the game's got to be played. I, I really think their make or break is how well Mama and Yusuf end up playing with each other. That's, oh, yeah, I sure, really think sure. that team's make or break. That's for sure. That's for sure. But, you know, Mama's definitely a great PG, so he'll he definitely like, just elevate that team to the next level, I think. And then, like, and if I'm not mistaken, dude, they got they got broke the stuff down in the conference now. So, like, yeah, all West Coast teams playing West Coast, right? Like, during the regular season, that's how it's gonna work this year. Um, that's so okay, so what what I was told, I don't know 100 if it's true, um, is that they're trying to do half and half when it comes to like a 60 40, like 60 percent mm-hmm. remote play, 40 percent, you know, like actual land. I don't know how all that works, you know. Yeah, like, obviously, wonder, we do know work. with. With COVID going on, yes, you know, there is still restrictions, but a lot of states are starting to loosen up on those restrictions, especially mm-hmm. with the vaccine coming out. But I I heard it as a rumor, so obviously there's, you know, there's twists in words. You hear it from somebody, you hear it from somebody else, blah, blah, blah. But from the consensus that I heard is that they're going to try and mix that, you know, a little bit of land, mix some of land in it, but still primarily remote play. Okay, that's I was wondering how it's going to go because – I know I hated last year, like, some of those people been playing by West Coast of and stuff like that. Like, I wanted you know, every game to be decided, you know, fairly. Like, I don't want to hear any excuses right. or anything like that. No hotel Wi-Fi, none of that. I want to hear, you know, straight, like, who's the best team, whatever, you know. I want to see this, you know, some fair play out. Especially when this season with all these competitive teams, I want to hear any excuses pretty much. And how do you feel about this, this best GC team, too? I don't think we talked about them too much. Like, I know a lot of people was talking about how Chuck got the whole – pretty much the whole firm scene. But in the day, man, you, you want to play with guys you're familiar with. So I know how true that was. He, he quote unquote drafted the team, but they got some good, some good guys. Faiz, like I've seen him play a little bit in, 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 in the combine. Yeah, and some a, of the a games. lot of people could realize that pick was coming. Definitely mm-hmm. could. They, they played with Notorious as well. Notorious, one of the, I feel like he's one of those underrated locks. Like, I was one of the best locks. I honestly, like, say he's got familiar with Chuck, though, playing with him. I interviewed him before. He's definitely a cool guy. He even had that one point during pre draft, he was um, competing. Like, people thought he had a Zen because he was shooting so well from the corner. 
But he's a great player to me. Like he's like he's definitely I think he can come in. He got got, got like, a legit as well. Nine seven three six even no season last year. You know, he's played mm-hmm. with Tack as well. So they got a nice squad. He obviously got shots and got Slayout on the six man. People forget like Slayout can hoop, bro. I was people to sleep on. I don't know why, but they making hoop. So like it's not a, a solid team to me. I don't know how how well they're gonna do. I thought they messed well to go chemistry wise because like everybody's played with each other in that squad. So that's a good thing. I don't know how they're gonna do, you know. I guess on the court, you know, just competing. But I thought they can. Be, I like, definitely think team. it can. It can be a good team because of the fact that they do mesh well, and you know, this isn't me being negative in any aspect. There's just there's not a lot of people who do mesh well with chalk. Mm-hmm. So the good fact point, that point. they were able to find people who do will ultimately be a huge booster when it comes to their overall success. That's what that's how I'm looking at too. So it's, I'm definitely looking at them like one of those teams that could, they could be very scary. Like they get they start like you know clicking on the right all cylinders and stuff. Like you said they got the chemistry already. So I'm just gonna see how that how that plays out for those boys over there. I said it's like it's, what keep saying this is gonna be a crazy year, man. All this talent on all these teams. I it can go any it can go anywhere like you know, any direction with these teams. I feel like still like I said Wizards might be a top team still. You know Raptors obviously you know Warriors gaming maybe they you know they lost Beastful J. Nobody did that, but I don't know, man. It's like it's gonna be crazy. Like it was, like I said, the overall draft was definitely a success, though. Like you know, you know, getting a lot of guys back on their team at six man, get a lot of you know, get new blood in with you know, international players, get some women gamers in. So it's just it's been a crazy like you know, so far it's been crazy to see how, how everything played out. And I'm excited to see some of these pe- people's preseason ranking and stuff. You know, I think I've seen Zayek's preseason ranking. That's pretty interesting. I'm saying you know, I, I think that's preseason rankings. Like I'm definitely uh, yeah, we can all sit there and do it, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm. A hundred percent on the side that any team right now it's it's up for grabs. Like yeah, it's there just, there's <laughs> too much there's too yeah. much talent in the league is, right it now. It is, man. It's and hard. that's why we really need that expansion because there's even more talent left to come into the league. Like so, it really comes down to like I don't think there is any golden ticket saying hey they are the leading they're leading the race right now. Nah, it really is up for the taking for anybody right now, in my opinion. It is, man. Because I'm excited just like when, when it's preseason, you know, it's everything. When the teams really get to market and start hitting the scrams, you know, people always talk about scrams all the time and stuff. I'm excited to see you and when it starts happening, you know, how teams are looking and stuff like that. Because I'm really ready for like the season to start, man. I know we got a while to go a little bit, but it's going to be one of the, I think it's really, I'm really invested this year to see how everything goes. Like last year, I was in the pool, so if I didn't get picked up again, I kind of like didn't like really, you know, want to watch the game as much as I should have, but they're trying to like, you know, fully invested into it this year and, you know, see how this, how this thing goes with all these teams, man. I'm really hoping that when it comes when we finally see the league build version of the game, that they keep it as offensive oriented as they did as the retail version is. I'm not saying as OP, mm-hmm. but you gotta keep that aspect because it draws in the viewers so much. Like I, I can't lie to you, dude. A lot they lost a lot of viewership when it came to you know like 2K20 league because mm-hmm. all it was was pro eight all the way up the court post yep, yep. fades or or dunks like. You got, you know, you got those few times that say, like, you know, dunks uh, or ducks, spin dunk from the free throw oh, yeah, line. Yeah, that was OT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah was like, you know, you got some of those exciting moments, but they were so rare. You know, other than that, you just – you were watching the game hoping that one of those kind of things happened just to see them do it between the legs all the way up the court. And I think with, you know, how the retail version of the game is next-gen, it can be exciting again. You know, it can be exciting to b- watch Pro-Am again because of still being able to see those type of highlights. So I really hope they do hold on to that aspect a bit to where, not that, you know, like, look, retail, we know it's overpowered, especially when retail first dropped. Yes, it was way too overpowered. Oh, yeah, for sure. But everywhere. I still think, you know, point guards need to be able to get contact dunks. I think every build around the a court can should be able to get contact dunks, you know. Um, blinders, I think it should go to point guards, you know, some of the point guard builds in – the league version get gold blinders and one pure sharp build gets hall of fame i can understand you know corners not getting it or something yeah that's cool but you you can't just entirely say oh we're gonna take blinders out of the game because it i'll be honest coming from playing the game blinders is the damn near the only way you're getting an open three because right now dead eye does not work period yeah, dead eye doesn't do anything contest i'm ashamed i'm saying contestants here we get ghost contests everywhere so yeah, yeah, like it's interesting to he, see like, how to lead because the league. So uh, I definitely <laughs> hope they keep you know you just keep that offensive firepower. I'm not saying you make it to where oh every game's gonna be in a hundred points, 
Mm-hmm. But, dude, you, you got to keep those highlight plays, the capabilities, you know, there to keep your audience continuously motivated to watch. Yeah, I hope, totally agree with you. Like I said, some league players, you know, they don't want some integrity and some competition. Like, you know, they don't want too much stuff, too much OP stuff. But obviously they want – Right. Keep the viewership-wise, they definitely have some kind of excitement. So, we'll see how the league does it. Like, they, you know, they always try to, you know, listen to people's opinions. They definitely – I think last year they brought some players in to test um, the game. Everybody in the league before, like, one of them, they had some players come in and test the game out. Stuff like that, so they get their, their, their feedback on everything. So we're interested to see how they go about it this year, man, especially how OP Next Gen is. I don't know how they're going right. to do it, but it's, it's, it's going to be crazy and like really exciting to, to see. But, man, honestly, like, any um, closing thoughts? You kind of read through everything, Carol. Like, I think I missed a few teams. We didn't really talk about Magic Gaming or anything like that. You anything, any thoughts on Magic Gaming? Any thoughts on Pitch GT after the draft? Mm, I mean – not anything that we haven't really already said, to be honest. Like, you know, like, it really comes down to, like we had said, any team has a chance right now. Like, that's really what it is, you know. Just because, you know, they weren't the most eye-popping when it came to the draft doesn't mean that team isn't already stacked, too. Like, the teams have potential. Every team in the league right now has potential to be great. Honestly, I think the only aspect that we didn't touch on that we probably should is top five sleepers that got picked in the draft. Maybe oh, those unknown unknown players that ended up yeah, getting picked up over some of your favorites. I can tell you right now. I can tell you right now. I, I was going to say Mr. Ellis with Lakers gave me that guy. All season. right, you 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 better have you better have my boy in it, Paul. If you don't, we're fighting. All right, I'll tell you. So I was got C's. I didn't even hear about. It. I, I see people on timeline literally they talking about. It and say it's gonna be a crazy pick. So I'm gonna take their word for it. So you got guy yeah. like C's was a was a sleeper pick. I would say a guy like Randall. People wrote Randall off after last season. Like yes, Randall, people, people thought write Randall off. Even saw it on his on social media. He was talking about, you know, naming drag through the, through the dirt and everything. So they thought he was never going to make it back. Randall's a good guy. I'm going to take a guy like Chess. You know, Chess came from PG. Chess has worked his ass off. Literally. They were top um, sharps now. So you got Chess. You got Randall. You got C's. Who else? I'm going to go two more. I'm going to go a guy like – I would say um this guy, Comp, went to um, Bucks Gaming. I don't know. Comp, ben? I'm – competitive yeah. that he's a he's a good power forward i put him in a similar um area of like a fakie yeah if i'm uh, mistaken did he play for uh straight ice did, uh come straight ice yes my, yes I, okay i figured yeah i see him play comp k yep it's a good it's a good, good power forward so i got like him that i guess my last my fifth person is, is a sleeper pick i gotta go let's see i'm looking at the roster you better now. say it you better say it you better say it let's see i mean it might be ohio i mean he has something to prove i mean it would, oh i'm so say, disappointed in you right now i mean can we say ohio is either him or i say i don't know who, who, who's your top five because i'm, gonna think who I, else could be I'm not really worried about a top five this is and i will stand by this statement i do not care mm-hmm. i stand by this Saucy Free is the most underrated and underappreciated pick in this entire draft. I don't care. I stand by it 100%. Okay, yeah. Saucy is a good guy, too. Like. So you think he you think he get a chance to come in and get in the shot this season? I, I don't know if we're saying that, but when it comes down to a, you getting one, I arguably put him up there as a top three defensive center in the league. Mm-hmm. When it comes to defensive player, or not okay. in the league, but in this draft. Okay. He, he is their top three defensively. I, I'm not saying, you know, it's the most offensive player-minded, but defensively, the boy, the dude is amazing, all right? Defensively, dude is absolutely amazing. And what I love about Ken so much is, and this stems from knowing the must-see TV team, right? Knowing yeah, them the all as individual people. Mm-hmm. Ken does not matter what it is. Like, okay, look, we'll, we'll all – Step back for a second. Must see TV. The whole the design behind that team. Everybody's goal. All five people around the court. Their goal is get was get bucket to the league. That's, that's sure, all yeah. they care yeah, about. Yeah, that's for sure. I remember and that. Even from <laughs> all four, all other four people, and like to have that kind of mentality, right? You that's the the selflessness, right? And that's what you get with somebody like Ken. Ken is a hundred percent. It doesn't matter what job you give him. If it is for the benefit of the team, he is going to do it. And that's where I really, like, appreciate picking up a player like a Saucy because Saucy is going to do whatever he has to to benefit the team, no matter if it's him playing for one minute or if it's him being a starter. He is going to do it. And that is something I think you can appreciate so much from a six-man role. And that's that's a, that's a dope super pick, yeah. Cause I know I know those guys over there. Like I've been on Walking Buck for years. Like back in the day, right, playing right. on program. Like man, like say so literally the definition of his name. 
So it's good to see him finally get a shot in the league, man. Then I saw he was on his Twitter. He was happy for um, Kenny to get drafted as well. But I, I know that whole squad, though. Cassie, you know, he tried, he tried to get back in the league as well. Like, Cass, like, Cassie is yeah, in all the previous years. Yes. That's why I'm saying we all – we were like – we all were sitting here and, like, look, I have no problem saying my opinion is biased. I love Bucket. I love Ken. I love the whole atmosphere over there, right? Mm-hmm. I have no problem saying my opinion is biased there. But we all were like, you know what, this is Bucket's year. So when we saw Bucket get drafted, we were happy. And that's all we cared about. We were like, Bucket got drafted. But then when all of a sudden, like later in the rounds, we're not even thinking about it. We're not even thinking about it. And we see Ken's name pop up. Dude, it, like that was one of those like so heartwarming. Like we were so happy to see, you know, Ken get drafted kind of thing. And I 100% stand by he's going to be somebody who when his opportunity comes he's going to make it count and he's going to make a huge impact oh for sure like i say and then it's cool with Lynn grip as well like he knows those guys right yeah year. so it's definitely a solid pickup for sure they, like i say that gen g team like overall one three six hey yeah they, 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 they have scared. the full roster they have mm-hmm. the full roster it's not just you know all the way oh yeah they look like they got a strong five no i really think that full roster can come together same way Warriors have done with Maddie, for example, is a great way to explain it. Warriors sure. are now stuck by Maddie as their sixth man continuously because of how it always works. For sure, for sure. Like I said, it definitely, like I said, every team has a shot this year. I feel like because you got to see how it plays out when the season starts. Yes, sir. All right, man. But it's like, I guess that's really the closing thoughts here, man. We definitely, I think we finally covered everything. You know, we got to the sleeper pit. We got some of the surprising picks early on in uh, this podcast episode. So I guess until next time, man, we'll um hopefully, you know, we'll start getting some more content when the season starts up. I gotta get, you know, I hope to get out some more stuff soon. We can you know, get some content around that. But I um, appreciate you, LT, for stopping by, you know, coming on the show and giving insight on this on the draft and everything that happened this past oh, nah, I appreciate you inviting me on, Brody. Yeah, man, like, we did. Yeah. Definitely dope talking to you. Like <laughs> for sure, for sure, man. Definitely gotta have you back on with like, next episode when we do this again. Yeah, once again, it's appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. All right, everybody, that was LT. Uh, I'm gonna put this link on Twitter when we drop this episode. You know, I, you know, we're gonna have more of this coming out throughout the season this year. We're gonna try to definitely crisp content around the 2K League, you know, week by week, recapping the game and stuff like that. So, you know, just keep on standing looking for Paul's points. And we can just keep it up so fresh this year, keep it up throughout the entire season. So, everybody, on uh, this, um, Paul B, LT, we're out for this episode. And I thank you for stopping by listening.